0: We got five reasons why Michigan State can make a deep run this March. Also, five reasons why, okay, maybe that's a little too extreme. But first, hey, we got to hear from Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo thanks to their media availability on Monday. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked On Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your day with us here at Locked On Spartans. That's right, your team in green and white, five days a week. As we get ready for our 25th consecutive March Madness, uh, keep it tuned here. We're going to be talking basketball all up and down this season. We're going to have Carter Elliott on tomorrow's show as well. And hey, if you missed out on Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com, Hey, that was on yesterday's show. We reacted everything to Selection Sunday. Just a quick little rundown of USC so far. But yeah, we got more basketball coming for you in segments 2 and 3. And well, okay, I guess a little bit of 1-2 because we're going to hear from Tom Izzo and look at what Mel Tucker had to say at media availability in East Lansing on Monday. And let's start with the man of the hour. Tom Izzo, the man that is going to his 25th consecutive March Madness, that's right, breaking a record for most consecutive appearances by one coach. Uh, He talked. Uh, Imagine that. Tom Izzo talked at length with the media today. But there's just uh, two things I want to point out here. And the first one is a tweet from Graham Couch, friend of the program. Graham Couch, that's right. Uh, But he writes in this tweet, Izzo said he sat down today with Malik Hall said, quote, you could cry for him. He wants to do really well. He didn't look very well in Chicago, meaning the game against Ohio State. That's the first time he hasn't looked very comfortable. Went on to say he's still dealing with the foot injury a little bit, and then also the back has been bothering him too. Tom Izzo also went on to say that this can be a big matchup game for Malik Hall. Uh, his defense is going to be very important, and you could probably... Assume that he will go against Drew Peterson, USC's second leading scorer. We'll get more into him in the next segment, but yeah, that's going to be a big opportunity for Malik Hall. And it goes without saying that MSU can't have Malik Hall playing the way he did last Friday. He's going to have to be the good version of Malik Hall. And hey, we've all seen it this season and really throughout his career. When we get the good version of Malik Hall, hey, the the team can go pretty far. Special things are to come. Uh, The second thing. And I want to get to here, uh, Izzo opened up his press conference talking a little bit about USC, of course, Michigan State's opponent on Friday, and said, quote, I think the matchup is good from the standpoint they don't have a dominating center. So yes, it wasn't just me and Dave Klein talking about that. I mean, it's also your Hall of Fame head coach that's saying that as well. Um, also went on to say uh, Drew Peterson has Some Larry Bird tendencies to his game, so uh, for as little as you talked up the front court for USC, uh, could not have higher praise for Drew Peterson. Uh, maybe a, a little too far fetched comparing him to Larry Bird, but you know, maybe not. Uh, we've seen players get hot against Michigan State way too many times, and hopefully Friday's not the case. But yes, uh, Tom Izzo sounding off on USC really quick. Uh, we're gonna get to more basketball again segments two and three, five reasons why MSU will make a run, five reasons why they might not make a big run. But let's go to the football field. That's right, Mel Tucker spoke with the media. Hasn't really spoke to the media in a hot second here. And with spring football getting started very briefly, uh, just some notes here, Harold Joyner, that's right. He's the transfer from Auburn. He was the running back, former four-star recruit. Uh, he's going to be a defensive back this season, wearing the number 16. Um, we'll get more into it as spring football unfolds after the spring game, or I guess an open spring practice. Mel Tucker said during the press conference that he wasn't sure if it's going to be a spring game or a spring practice, uh, but hey, we'll, we'll see where that goes. And then The other positional tidbit that Mel Tucker mentioned is that Jacoby Windman is going to stay at linebacker. If you remember, he was at that edge for the first half of the season and then they swapped him to linebacker because, well, that's just how talented Jacoby Windman is. And that's kind of where Michigan state needed him to be with all the injuries they had going on. So Jacoby Windman staying with the linebackers, at least to start the season here. Uh, Tucker sounded off on a lot of other things as well uh, on the quarterback battle included. And these quotes I got from Chris Solari. He tweeted these all. Chris Solari, of course, works for the Free Press. Um, So thank you, Chris Solari, for all of this right here. said, quote, on the quarterback battle, it's very clear the quarterback position is an open competition. Thorne knows that and all the quarterbacks know that. He'll be able to handle it. We're expecting a pretty fierce competition. Also, I want to say that every position is going to be a competition. No surprise there. I don't think you're ever going to see a football coach get up there in front of the podium, spring practice, say, well, the safeties really have nothing to compete for. That's pretty much settled. The cornerbacks, if I was the second guy, I would already be looking to transfer. There's no way that you're going to overcome him. So, no, it goes without saying that's going to be across the board positionally, but... Anytime Tucker talks about the quarterback battle, we're going to talk about it as well, because that is number one headline going into this spring practice session. Uh, also talk about Brandon Jordan, the pass rush spe- specialist that jumped to the NFL, taking the role with the Seattle Seahawks after one year at Michigan State. And uh, Tucker said that he supported pass, pass rush spe- specialists. Oh my God, what a, t- a ton twister. Brandon Jordan in making the jump to the NFL. Also, Plans for Michigan State to replace his role with a secondary coach and also says that, well, you could expect that move to be made rather soon. So seems like Mel Tucker not only has his position in mind of where he wants to put a coach, but if it's going to be pretty quick, I think he's got a name in mind as well. So stay tuned to that. Once that breaks, Locked on Spartans, you know where to find us to talk about that. But yeah, interesting that he was that open about it and said, yeah, here's the position because Mel is very closed in front of the media. He speaks in a lot of just vague terms, but he said... Directly, Hey, secondary coach is what it's going to be, so I think that we are on the one-yard line, if I could borrow a football pun, about that. Uh, one thing about spring practice that I really loved that Mel Tucker said, I mean he really loved, is that MSU has 19 offensive linemen ready for spring practice. If you remember last year, Michigan State had about five healthy offensive linemen on scholarship, which altered the practice, and also they didn't have the spring game last year because of that they just didn't have enough linemen to play a spring game, and it was a spring practice instead. But yeah, the fact that you have 19 healthy offensive linemen ready for spring practice, I mean, think, okay, please just make it out with still double digit healthy offensive linemen. That'd be great. Um, man, because. Yeah, I don't think anyone's forgotten this last year. It was more than offensive linemen that had the injury issues during the season as well. And Tucker alluded to this not too long ago in an interview with Jack Ebeling, but doubled down on it on Monday's media availability. He says, Tucker says it will be a hybrid of contact and non-contact for the spring practice, kind of going with a NFL OTA type approach. So it's going to be a lot more individual drills, small pod drills, instead of just full-on 11-on-11 contact He says it's still going to be physical, it's still going to be fierce, they're going to work on a lot of fundamentals, technique when it comes to tackling, but in order to keep the guys healthy, it is going to be individual and small pod practices. So again, after what happened last year with all the injuries, he could say literally anything, and if it has him think that it'll be a smaller chance of injuries happening this spring or this upcoming fall, I'm going to blindly agree to it. Uh, it, It was a disaster last year in the fall and in the spring. So yeah, you have to switch something up, go with the OTA approach. Uh, Why not? Um, So, and last but not least on last year, that's right. We're not done talking about last year and neither is Mel Tucker, but Hey, this is a positive look at last season. If you're ready to flip the page, like Mel Tucker is quote, sometimes you have to get beat up. You have to get your face kicked in before you can really lay the true foundation. So that's right. If you're down and out, even in your daily life right now, go go listen to Mel Tucker. Whether it's the, the hardships we all face in life or a five and seven season the year after a peach bowl, uh, hey, there you go. Sometimes you just have to get beat up. You have to get your face kicked in before you can really lay the true foundation. Love that. Let's go. Keep chopping. Alright, we're gonna keep chopping away here. We're gonna switch it up to March Madness here in a hot segment. But first, I need to talk your ear off about fan duel sportsbook. It's the best time of the year to get in on the action on America's number one sports book. Of course, we're talking about FanDuel. And, gang. If you are a new customer, well, this time of the year is even sweeter for you because you get the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right, that is back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. You could bet on everything from the money line to point scores, who's going to drain three-pointers, and you could also combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. And if you're feeling good, about our Spartans coming up. That's right. Hey, Michigan State to make it to the Sweet 16 is plus 265 at FanDuel. Bet $10. Profit, $26.50. That's how the math works on that. Go find it at FanDuel. Gang, once again, the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets is yours when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sponsor of the NBA. And also, grab your bracket and go listen to the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown with national analysis and the insights from our local experts. The Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown is everything you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. All right, no less than how... how oh, okay, it's Monday right now, Sunday, Saturday, Friday. Okay, so three days ago, no more than four days after... Losing my mind after Michigan State laid a stinker, a stinker against Ohio State, looking horrible. Probably the worst we've seen them look all year, especially when they were fully healthy. You could look to the Notre Dame game, I guess. That was a really bad one, but you're missing two starters. Friday was just, across the board, inexcusable. With that said, it's March March is in the air, and that means delusion is in the air. And also, hey, when your coach is the guy that's been to 25 consecutive NCAA tournaments and has been to eight Final Fours, okay, you also might have reason to have faith going into March. So, hey, right here, let's go. Let's talk ourselves into it. Five reasons MSU goes on a deep run in March Madness. And then if you're more of the pessimistic type, uh, we'll also have five reasons why maybe we should pump the brakes here. we got to regulate ourselves, all right? We, we got to, hey, we're going to let our highs get really high, and then we're going to let our lows get really low. And then by that, we're going to find the neutral ground. I think that's how uh, therapists want us to do that. That's the healthy way of going about things. So, reason number one MSU goes on a hot run, the three-point shooting. You knew this was going to be one of them. It's the three-point shooting from Michigan State, 39.5% from three. That is top five in the country. That is the best in their East region as well. We have three players, guys that are shooting the three-point ball at over 42% with Joey Hauser, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins. That includes Joey Hauser shooting above 45%, and that includes Malik Hall shooting 38% as well. And that's not too shabby, if I do say so myself. Now, when it comes to the opponents, like we talked about yesterday with Dave Klein, USC opponents take 22.5 three-pointers per game. Folks... That's a lot of three-pointers that they are letting their opponents shoot. And as Dave Klein brilliantly explained it yesterday, it's because USC has that drop coverage defense. When there's a pick, they like to go under the picks. They leave a little cushion for the three-point shooter. And my God, if you want to give a cushion to Tyson Walker, great. If you want to give a cushion to Jaden Aikens, awesome. If you want to give a cushion to Joey Hauser, my God. Yeah, that sounds like a hoot and a half at 39.5%. So, yeah. The three-point ball gets cooking with the Spartans, hopefully. So, and also too, hey, we're talking about a run here, not just one game. Marquette, their opponents also shoot above 23s per game. Their opponents shoot 21.6 threes against them per game. So, against USC, against Marquette, you can see the three-point ball fly against them. And if you do it as well as Michigan State does... Okay, well, th- there you have it. And also, they didn't shoot it that well against Ohio State, and the maybe rational or irrational person in me, I don't know, you decide this, is that maybe that bodes well, because the games leading up to that Ohio State game, they were shooting the ball at an unholy clip. And I half joked around about it, half seriously said with the guys that can't read, can't write in an episode last week that... I almost want Michigan State to have like a 3-of-14 shooting performance from three-point land in the first round of the Big Ten Tournament just so it doesn't happen in March Madness. Maybe they got their bad shooting today out of them. Maybe they're ready to go absolutely thrash it in March Madness. Reason number two MSU can go on a deep run. Tom Izzo, why don't you take it away right now? He said, quote, you can't win championships, you can't go deep into a tournament unless your point guard is good. Yes, point guard play. Or just guard play in general for Michigan State is why I believe MSU can make a run into March. Guard play has led teams to Final Fours, God, all the time, and especially at Michigan State. All eight of Tom Izzo's Final Fours have been guard predicated. Maybe 7 of 8, uh, maybe the exception of 2010 when Kalen Lucas went down. Corey Lucius held his own, but that was more of the Raymar Morgan, Darrell Summers. I digress. More times, way more times than not, the guards are going to decide how far you go in March. And we all know that, hey, Tyson Walker can shoot the 3 well. Jaden Akins, if you want to count him as a guard, he's a solid wing player. A.J. Hogard can get down, attack, good at drawing fouls, good at distributing when he's on his game, when we get good A.J., of course. But for me, it's the defense of why I really think that the guards are going to be a plus here for Michigan State. It's the matchups that we get against USC and maybe even against Marquette. USC's best player is a guard. And when that happens, okay, Michigan State can usually mitigate the damage because Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogart, and Jaden Aikens are a trio of good defenders you can throw on the other team's star guard. Like, USC... Boogie Ellis, a six foot three, three-level score, averaging 18 per game. Now I'm not saying MSU shuts him down, but we've seen them limit point guards and the damage that they at, that they can do. If I can get the words out of my mouth. So I don't hate that at all. And then also Marquette, their top player, Tyler Kolek, 13 points a game. Great distributor. Awesome floater uh, game, may I say, by the way. But uh, he's also scored above 13 points in 10 straight games. So if you can just make life annoying for him on Sunday, should Michigan State get past USC, MSU has the guards to do it on defense. All right. So there we go. Also, number three, and this is something that Tom Izzo brought up in the press conference. Is that the front courts that you're going to go against are doable for the first round or two? Uh, USC's Drew Peterson, he's six foot nine, but of his 373 shots, only 81 of those have been at the rim. That's just 21 percent of the shots he's taken is at the rim. That's a long way of saying that yeah, he's tall, but he doesn't get his work done in the post. Now for comparison, okay, Joey Hauser, he's six foot eight, six nine. What does he do in comparison? Only 15% of his shots are at the post as well, so he's kind of got a Joey Hauser game to him um, if you want an MSU comparison right there. Uh, also, for USC 6'11", Josh Morgan. Okay, He's been back for six games ever since his ankle injury, but he scored under five points in five of those six games. And then 7'1", Vincent Ayuchukwa. butchered that name. God, I'm so sorry. Um, has not played. Uh, He did not play in the Pac-12 tournament. Did not play the last regular season game. So I think they're tapering their roster, and I don't think their seven foot one freshman is going to be making that cut as well. Now, of course, Marquette they've got some solid players as well, but again, guard predicated with Tyler Kolak, and they aren't as physically imposing. uh, They're they're not as physically imposing um, as you know other strong big men that you especially see in Big Ten play. Reason number four, MSU can go on a deep run. Well, how about just Tom Izzo? Right? Okay, how about just Tom Izzo and the guys that he's going against? You know the name Shaka Smart down in Marquette, right? Okay, he made the Final Four with VCU in 2011. Who can forget that run? The Rams looked amazing that tournament. Did you know? Did you know that Shaka Smart is 0-8 in advancing to the second weekend ever since that run in 2011? That's right. We might be looking too fondly at that 2011 run because in his eight tournaments ever since then... He has never made it to the second weekend. Also, Andy Enfield. Hey, remember that really fun Florida Gulf Coast team that made it to the Sweet 16 as a 15 seed in 2013? Andy Enfield, he now coaches USC. And since 2013, he's only made one trip to the second weekend since 2013 with USC. That was two years ago in the COVID bracket. He made it to the Elite Eight with USC. But, yeah, these are guys that made some hay with mid-majors almost 10 years ago. Oh, my God, not almost 10 years ago. Just straight up 10 years ago. Huh, I'm dating myself. Um, but, yeah, only one trip beyond the first week in between the two of Shaka Smart and Andy Enfield. Look, you can say what you will about Tom Izzo's last few seasons in March, but, okay, experience might come to the top here. Who's to say if you're into that sort of stuff? Well, that is going to make you a little happy. And the fifth reason too, I'm not done talking about how lucky MSU got with their draw going to Columbus. All right. That is a doable drive for our Spartans. Whether you're from Metro Detroit, you're from Lansing, or Hey, if you're from Ohio, let's say you're one of the many people in Chicago Columbus is a very easy place to travel to. That should be a home court-esque venue for Michigan State. Now, Tom Izzo did say that, hey, uh, March Madness is cool. I don't think that we will have this, you know, home court advantage in Columbus because fans like to travel to cool destinations. I get that, what he's saying. I just don't know how many USC fans are going to be jazzed to travel to Columbus, Ohio for a Friday game. Um, Look, that Sunday game, should it happen against Marquette? Okay, that, that might be more of a neutral court, but still, that's the closest that you could have asked for. That MSU is going to be the closest team to Columbus of any team there. So, yeah. Uh, and not to mention, too, the 12-15 tip-off time against USC to start things. You really could not have gotten any luckier. Now, if you are rolling your eyes and you're saying... Jesus, what is this guy talking about? MSU's a 7 seed, not a 3 seed or a 2 seed. Uh, They did look horrible on Friday. Why is he talking, making a deep run in March? Well, okay, this segment's for you then. Here are five reasons why maybe, maybe we should pump the brakes here at having Michigan State into our Sweet 16 or Elite 8 or Final 4 or just cutting the nets down in Houston if you're really feeling yourself. The first reason is, you know what? Let's just talk about last Friday again. Right. Um, And Izzo talked about this at Monday's Presser, that he had a sit-down conversation with A.J. Hogard, and many of us have seen the clip of him and A.J. kind of going back and forth on the bench in Friday's game. I say kind of back and forth because it was more so just Izzo screaming at Hogard and Hogard just rolling his eyes, being like, whatever, dude. Izzo said that, hey, the reason that maybe A.J. Hogarth is going to be great is because he is stubborn, but also he butts heads with A.J. Hogarth because they're both stubborn individuals. But this is something that's happened throughout the whole season, right? Is that, all right, hey, A.J.'s playing really good. This is awesome. And then, oh, A.J.'s showing really bad body language. Oh, boy. Here we go again. Oh, they've had a come-to-Jesus meeting. Oh, A.J.'s doing really good again. And then, uh uh-oh, we're tapering off. Things aren't looking good for A.J. again. And, oh, come-to-Jesus meeting. How many come-to-Jesus meetings can you have in a single year before, like, the effect just starts wearing off? I I do wonder about that because, look, that happens in mid-January. I don't have that much of an issue with it. It's, okay, this is a good lesson, this is poor body language, a really bad game, but we're going to learn a lot from this. The fact that that just happened in March uh, gives me a little pause there of... You know, just blindly agreeing that oh, this is just one of those times is when a player butts heads. Like I don't know that that seemed pretty pretty bizarre. And also too was last Friday as well. Um, okay, Ohio State also did a really good job defensively, whereas Michigan State couldn't really execute when the three point ball wasn't falling. So that's the thing too. Is let's go into the second point right here. Is what happens if the three point shot isn't falling, especially against USC. USC's two-point field goal defense is the second best in the nation. Teams are just shooting 42.4% against them inside the arc. So if that three is not falling for Michigan State on Friday afternoon, well, uh uh-oh. Not only is USC a really good defensive team inside the arc, but Michigan State doesn't really get it going inside the arc as well either. They don't have a center they can go to for an easy two points. Malik will have a game one of every two or three games where he can get his points down on the low block, but if it's going to be like what happened on Friday, where we're struggling to hit the rim on these shots, then I I don't know how MSU formulates any points if the three-point ball isn't falling. Also, just one more fun stat for you. USC, 13.7 block percentage. That is also top 15 in the nation. So, when you just have one downhill player, or one and a half, Akins has been known to do this a little bit, but A.J. Hogarth especially is your downhill player. I mean, it's going to be even a tough game for that game as well. So that's reason number two, why maybe you should feel a little eh about a deep run in March for our Spartans. Number three is MSU's defense. And this is something Tom Izzo talked about at Monday's media availability is that he has seen his team play incredible defense. He's seen his team play incredible offense. If they can mash them together, they are destined for incredible things. However, we have not seen the great defense in quite some time. And this can go off the rails very quickly if it's going to be like what we've been seeing the last two to three weeks of the season. Michigan State's defensive efficiency in the last five games on average is 106. All right, if you have no idea what that means, it means that if that was their whole season long average, that would mean they're 203rd in the nation at defensive efficiency. And if you don't know what that means, I'll say it very simply. That's terrible. That's awful. That is abysmal. So, um, oh my goodness gracious. So... And like we've also talked about just in the last, hey, five reasons why you should feel good, Michigan State has done a really good job at mitigating the damage at what other guards can do against you. All right, save for Boo Booey at Breslin Center back in January. But also, hey, okay, we just saw Bruce Thornton, freshman Bruce Thornton playing his third game in three days for Ohio State. Absolutely batter your point guards. So, again, that's not been the norm all season. So if MSU can get back to just the norm, of guard defense and then also go all the way back to where they were in January with their incredible all-around defense okay you feel good but that's not a given that there have been some cracks here in the last two to three weeks so that could absolutely be a reason if you don't have faith that things get turned around that quick that oh this could be a short one uh reason number four that you might think that well Michigan State might not be due for a run Okay, let's just talk about the two seed. (laughs) Let's just let's just talk about the obvious team here. Marquette is a two seed for a reason, and yes, we talked about in yesterday's show that hey, we're glad that we avoided Arizona. We're glad that we avoided Texas. That's not to say that Marquette is some walkover team. All right, they've won nine straight games. They have only lost two games in the calendar year of 2023. Both of those on the road. They are a top 10 team in offensive efficiency. Top 25 in turnover percentage. Top 20 at turning other teams over. Uh-oh. And they are also 19-8 and on the season against quad one and quad two opponents. Guys, Marquette is just a good team as well. I mean, yeah, we've lucked out. If you could pick a two seed to go against... I would have picked UCLA or Marquette with that saying, you will probably be five-point underdogs in that game should you even beat USC. So, yeah, I don't want to do this whole segment and this whole thing just treating Marquette like there's some downtrodden 14 seed that doesn't even belong to be here. Like, no, that they are rolling. And that's a Marquette team that was looking at like a four seed or a three seed going into the final weeks of the season, but they just wouldn't stop winning. And winning by a lot, especially in the Big Ten, or Big Ten, the Big East Tournament Championship. The fifth reason, I got two for you right here, uh, because these are kind of quirky. Um, the fifth reason maybe you shouldn't have Michigan State in a deep run. And you'd have to wait till the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight to factor this in. But Madison Square Garden. No, thank you. I don't like that. Since 2015, Michigan State is 1-5 in at Madison Square Garden. I don't like that whatsoever. And the other reason that we are going to use here, this is from emailer Ethan. This is great. Wrote me a long email after the Ohio State game and says, you know what, I know what is going on with Michigan State. I know the real reason they are struggling. And he broke it down that Tom Izzo needs to put his suit back on. That's right. Tom Izzo's record in a suit, November 1995 to March 2020, 618 and 233. That is a 0.726 win percentage. In the postseason, when Tom Izzo wears a suit, 0.683 win percentage. I'm just going to write that down here. 0.683 win percentage in a suit. Now... Tom Izzo's record since November 2020, the present day, not wearing a suit. That's right. We're talking the Maui uh, the Maui games. We're talking aircraft carrier games. We're talking the PK-80, the Air Force's Classic. All right. He's almost at 60%. But in the postseason, when Tom Izzo does not wear a suit, Ethan points out MSU was 3-5. MSU was 3-5 in the postseason when Tom Izzo was not wearing a suit. That's right. That is a 3 75 win percentage. When he's wearing a suit, 0.683 Tom, if you're listening, which I know you never miss an episode of Lockdown Spartans. Ethan is begging you, I am begging you, Spartan Nation is begging you, put the suit back on for March Madness. The proof is in the pudding. We are below 500 in warm-ups. We are above 500 in a suit. Put the slacks on. Put the sport coat on. Let's go. Come on. Let's start acting like we uh Want it here, Tom. So there you go. There's five reasons that uh maybe MSU doesn't go on a deep run because I don't think he's gonna be going back to that suit. But hey, regardless, hopefully I swayed you one way or another, or maybe I just gave you a migraine uh as you decide where you want MSU to go in your bracket. But hey, you know what? We got more basketball talk coming for you this week. We got Carter Elliott. On tomorrow, going to be a great show. Also going to go over uh, some bracket talk with him, too. Not just Michigan State, but also, hey, which Big Ten team is a fraud and which one could possibly make us money. But until then, hey, love you all. You guys are the best. Let's enjoy March Madness. Go Green.